You are listening to the Techie Leadership Show with Bogdan and Andrei. Hello and welcome to the Techie Leadership Show. Today with me I have Tyler Wagner. He is the founder of Authors Unite, where he takes people through a three-month program in helping them write and market their first best-selling book. He has helped people create passive income, become leaders in their fields, start businesses from their books, and much more. He is also the best-selling author of Conference Crushing. Love the title, really good. A book designed to help business people and entrepreneurs maximize their return on investment at networking events, conventions, and conferences. Hi, Tyler, and welcome to the show. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, man. Ah, it's my pleasure. Do you want to add anything about yourself? No, you nailed it, man. I think Did you find that on Amazon? I think that's the intro on Amazon, right? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. I will not reveal my sources. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, no, that was good. No, I, I find like what you're doing is really interesting. I'm really curious. Do you also work with people that are like in tech? To help them uh, write technical books or anything like that um so we've worked with almost a thousand people in the past eight years and i'm sure some of them are definitely in tech it's just um it's not i'm not sure but i i know definitely some are in tech for sure great um and of course you have to help Writing a book requires a lot of leadership and helping people express the, express it and getting out of them the book because everybody has a book in them. It's just sometimes it's really hard to, to get it out. Yeah, writing's really hard, man. That Like when I was 20, I dropped out of school and then I wrote my first book. That's the conference crushing book. And to me, marketing is like, it just comes natural to me. Like I understand, I understand marketing. But um, writing was very difficult. I think it's because I'm a people person. Like, I love doing interviews like this. Like, this is fun. But if you lock me in a room all by myself and tell me to write, then I'm, like, kind of lonely. You know what I mean? It's not the funnest thing in the world. <laughs> well, so, it's good news for me that you like to express yourself and you're really vocal. Yeah. It will make for a great show. <laughs> yes, <for sure. laughs> So with that, Tyler, I'm really curious, what is the biggest leadership success story you've witnessed personally? Biggest leadership success story? Yes. Um, I could speak to a client. Uh, man, there's so many. Okay, so here's one. There's um, one of my previous clients that we launched his book last summer. He okay. uh, wrote a book called The Bezos Letters. And okay. Steve Anderson. And basically... I just think it's really cool what he did and, and the whole kind of trajectory of where it's going is he basically spent many years um, looking at Amazon and figuring out how they were able to scale to the level that Amazon has scaled, which is basically, you know, they kind of run the world in a sense. <laughs> so, yes. Um, kind of. So um, he broke it down to 14 principles we launched his book, got him to USA Today and Wall Street Journal bestseller. And, and then what happened is they sold foreign rights. So the book's like translated into like 25 languages all over the world. And then it got on like billboards in Tokyo. So it like really moved fast, like after we did the launch. And then now what he does is he goes into corporations and teaches them 
these principles to help corporations scale, you know, obviously in the hope of scaling to Amazon's level, probably most will not reach Amazon's level because that's like <laughs> crazy. Um, but using the same principles to scale a business. And I just think that took a lot of leadership to actually like step back and analyze like the number one company in the world and figure out what those principles are that they use to get to that level. So, and, and do you know how successful are the application of the principles inside businesses or what kind of results are, is he getting? Um, that's a good question. So I will tell you this is, um, so again, the book's called the Bezos letters and they had a bunch of stuff lined up. And then because of the pandemic, I think a lot of things had to get like canceled. Like they had a lot of events booked, but now, you know, I don't know what it's like over in Romania, but in the U S you can't really do that big of live events anymore, yes. <laughs> uh, at least for a while. So I can't speak to that, but I, I'll keep you updated though. I'm happy to do that. No, I'm, I'm asking because I'm really curious because it's important as a leader to be able to step back and analyze, take like the whole picture in yeah. and then draw in for like lessons from it and apply them in other situations or also see how to improve the current situation. So that's a really important skill. And I was really interested, like, how well did it work in that situation? Oh, yeah. So, well, I can tell you this. I mean, the the book is beautifully put together. Like, the, the, the analyzing of how it works, that is perfect. I've just never, like, personally been, like, coached by him. So I, I don't know, like, how it – you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I've never, yes. like, sat in on it one <laughs> But if I had, I would totally share it. <laughs> okay. Um, and Tyler, moving on, like what would be the biggest leadership failure you had the unfortunate experience of witnessing? Uh, biggest leadership failure? Yes. Um, these are good questions. All right, let me think. So I think... This is probably one of the biggest ones and I'm going to, it's a general one because I, I can't necessarily think of a specific, but okay. it's, kind of, it's kind of the entrepreneur's dilemma, right? So I think people get into entrepreneurship and they start out as solopreneurs and that's a lot of times people want freedom. Like that's why I dropped out of school to figure it out because I didn't want to work for anybody. So I drop out of school, start my own company. And then what starts to happen is people get in their own way of scaling because you actually, all the control that you have as a solopreneur to actually grow a business and have like, you know, virtual assistants, yes. have employees free and like actually build a bigger business. You have to let go of that control and allow others to do things. And look, your, your employees are going to mess up. Like, I mean, Think about it. You mess up all the time. So yes. they're going to mess up and they're probably not going to be all in as you are. Like, you know, in my business, I'm like a 2000% all in, but my employees are probably, you know, maybe they're like 80%, you know, at least I could hope maybe they're at 80%. That would be awesome. So, you know, it's like, is it better to have one 2000% or like a thousand eighty percent you know? So it's like yes. letting go of control and allowing people in your organization to take risk and mess up and then you know there'll be some bumpy roads it's not easy but it will then be able to scale and I think that's probably the biggest thing I see is that people are afraid 
to let go of control and become a true leader. And Tyler, how was it for you, for you like going from being a solopreneur to yeah. having employees and getting over the your own control? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll kind of well I'll dive into my story a little bit. So, you know, when I dropped out, I wrote my book and then I started Authors Unite. Um, oddly enough, I don't, people watching this, this is our old logo. So this is like a shirt. This is an OG shirt, like six years ago. <laughs> uh, so um, and you know, things were going, I was doing low six figures and I was like 20, 21, 22, 23 years old, you know, I was like pretty young. And for me, I was making enough money that like, I didn't like, I didn't see any reason, honestly, at that point in my life to scale because I was so comfortable. I got comfortable very yes. quick. Um, and, you know, look, if you have a family, I, I don't think that's comfortable. But when you're a single guy and you're 20, you know, a couple hundred grand is plenty of money. <laughs> in fact, <laughs> anymore, and it can get a little dangerous. So um, either way, but then, you know, what happened, I think one of our basic needs, like Tony Robbins talks about this, is growth. So, you know, I, I went a couple of years and stayed, you know, around a similar revenue each year and kind of like just similar things. And then probably like halfway through the fourth year of business, I just was like, I want to grow. Like, you know, I, I started thinking in the future, like, I want to have a family. I want to have kids. I want to work with people. I don't always want to be like the digital nomad by myself with a laptop. Yeah. You know? So, um, Either way, then I, you know, started to bring on virtual assistants. I had read the four hour work week. I'm sure you're familiar with that. Yeah. And, um, you know, with virtual assistants and freelancers, now we probably, I mean, it's probably like 40 to 50 people that like, they're not mm. on, like, they're not on like salary, but I have like a full team that like, if somebody comes in, they need their book edited. I have a full team of editors that are, you know, on standby. Same with book designers, um, same with PR, like helping people get media and anything related with a book publishing and book marketing company. Yes. And all I do now is like, you know, interviews like this. And then I do like business development. So I do like partnership calls to see if we can refer clients to each other. And, and ultimately, this is what happens is like, I am now always in my zone of genius and I've hired people to work in their zone of genius. Whereas in the beginning, I was trying to do everything. You know, like okay. I, I was trying to, I was maybe going to try to like edit a book. Don't ever hire me to edit a book. <laughs> I cannot edit books. My editors are amazing, <laughs> but not me personally. So like, you know, it's like, again, going back to that, letting go of the control. And that's how you can actually scale a business. And look, it wasn't smooth. Like it was bumpy, you know, yes. and you got to train people and some people don't work out. Some people, you know, they let you down, I suppose. And uh, a big thing I've learned is that um, just because somebody's like good at one thing doesn't mean they're good at another. And what I mean by that is I have a lot of people on my team that are great at what they do, like designers, editors, but I've come to realize that like customer service is not like they're not the best at that. So what I yes. what you, you want to have is a it's kind of like a mediator where you have you have like an say you have a project, you have a book editor and then you have the client. You want the mediator to be communicating in between the two and that's a yes. customer service person. 
and you know those are the bumps that you run into you know like when one of your um when one of your employees like says something kind of like snooty if you know the word like kind of like snooty to, yes. and you're like what the heck are you doing but to, dude, to some people it's not natural so either way you learn as you grow and have you find like it's best to basically strengthen the strengths that an employee has and hire up for uh, for their weaknesses does that work better i yes 100% i don't believe in the adage of like like school i'm pretty against school if you can, I, i mean i dropped out <laughs> so because really i think what school tries to do is tries to show you all your weaknesses and then makes you like spend most of your time on trying to make your weaknesses like mediocre so you can pass a class when yes. in reality dude, I, if you had me trying to do accounting i would be so broke and miserable it would be it would be horrible you know like but if you have me just talk to people all day long and do like sales and biz, business development you know that's a whole different ball game so it's the thing like dr seuss what does he say you don't teach a fish to climb trees you know something like that <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no and that that's something that I always thought about especially like uh, schools they don't show you what you did right they only show you what you did wrong yeah <laughs> which is like the the wrong mindset like tell me what i'm good at <laughs> so yeah. i know about it in that direction yeah you know <laughs> i think it's you know to go a little deeper on that i think it's so weird because these are all adults right so these are all teachers and yes. they're looking at you as kids now look they have a lot of students so it's not like they have time to like look at each one a long time exactly but at the same time it's pretty obvious at a young age like what type of person you are like like just the comments like extroverted or introverted like i was always the most talkative person in my class so okay so okay so then just knowing that do you think i would be good at anything that is like any type of work that is isolating that i'm like by myself all day like accounting or like fine you know like to me it's like obviously not and no no lie dude when i went to college my major was accounting no that way was, yeah dude yeah because i was so bad at like understanding money and stuff that that's where like my guidance counselor in high school basically pushed me to to do and major in a business school in accounting so it's like you know i, I would have done better like trying to become like a famous actor so you know i mean <laughs> anything else like just like not that so i don't know I think so crazy. it was basically this is your major weakness go and improve on it yeah yeah <laughs> like oh, okay i'll be miserable the rest of my life <laughs> like that sounds yeah. good you know it would be like superman going like kryptonite is my biggest weakness i'm going to stay near yeah. it so i improve my resilience <laughs> to it yeah oh man that's not a life that sucks <laughs> exactly and i i truly believe that you can achieve whatever you propose for yourself in life and there are so many ways so it doesn't matter what your psychological pattern is because there are resources to help you get where you want to be but it yeah. it makes like a different journey if you don't struggle against your natural patterns of of being it's so yeah. much easier and pleasant 
Yeah, and that's I think school teaches you to go against your natural way of being. And, you know, like, I mean, that's good if you're like an evil person or something, <laughs> you know, then sure, <laughs> like, maybe you should change that. But, you know, for the most part, kids, we all have our different things, you know, like our natural things. And actually, you know, not to go down a rabbit hole, I'm really into philosophy and psychology. So it's mm -hmm. like, is it like what you desire is it something that like you created or is it like a natural thing that's like wired in you? Like why, why do some people like to jump out of planes, you know, like skydive yeah. and other people would never do it. Like, is that a learned behavior or is it natural? And that's, I think when you're young, you should have like teachers or mentors around you to like monitor you and see like what type of person is this like is this person is he really funny or is he really quiet like what's he like and then that can help choose career paths based on who you are as a person so oh. and i also feel like what would be really great is actually to offer children and opportunities to try stuff out and see if they like it or not 100 percent. it's really sad it's really sad. I know people that chose to go into law because it's so prestigious or anything, and then they hate it. They become doctors and they don't like it. Look, if you're a doctor, you should really like it because yeah. people's lives depend on it. It's not like, and even in law, it's also people's lives depend on it. If you find it, it's you don't like it. That's why it would be like some programs where you can experience, like just for a short part, part what it means to do the work probably it would be better for everybody. Yeah, no, 100%. And also, like, it's, you know, you know, regard, like, look, the, the patients of a doctor are the most, like, that's very, very important, no doubt. Yes. But when you're a doctor, I mean, I don't know, but I think, don't they work like 12-hour shifts? Or, like, they work a lot. Yes. Like, so it's like, just, just about you, I think you want to like what you, so you sleep eight hours a day. You're at work 12 hours a day. You only got four hours. Four left. hours. And you do commuting <laughs> like, and listening to podcasts in that time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, dude, this is crazy. Like, I, I think you should like enjoy or at least find meaning in all of the hours in the day. Obviously when you're sleeping, that's different. And all, you know, that's a little, I don't know. I don't know how all that works, but for the 16 hours that you're awake, you might as well enjoy them, you know, like yes. try to. <laughs> <clears throat> and Tyler, I'm curious, how is it for you? What's the experience of managing 40 people remote? Basically, they're all scattered. Huh? Yeah, I'll tell you. So I use a tool called Basecamp. Well, I use a couple okay. tools, not just one tool. I use Basecamp and I use Slack. I'm sure you're familiar with at least. Yes, Slack. I know them. Oh, uh, you know both? Okay. So yes. like. I can tell you this, um, for internal Slack is like essential. So, you know, we, we have Slack and, and I can respond really quickly internally. And then for like client and like project management, I, I do not know how you could scale without something like Basecamp. Like Basecamp changed my entire life. Like, oh. I, for real, <laughs> like I was like, even when I started to scale and I started to work on my own stuff, I still was having to like 
monitor, you know, all of the conversations. Yes. And my inbox just started getting flooded. Like it started getting so crazy that I, I couldn't organize. I didn't know where I was at on projects, you know, like milestones. Yes. Because with writing and there's so many steps, you know, like writing, editing, designing, formatting, distributing, marketing, like there's so many. So like I would just get an email from like a client and they'd be like, Hey, haven't heard from me in two weeks. Like, and I'd be like, Oh God, I didn't know. Like, I, I'm lost. <laughs> so, and then I found um, Basecamp and the way Basecamp works, there's, I mean, there's so many layers to it, but the way that you can structure things, it's very organized and you can, you, you know, you, I, I don't know, like I, I'd probably check it maybe 30 minutes a day, five days a week. And that, and then I can monitor like, okay, everything's good, you know? And I have customer service people that are obviously handling it all. But without that structure, I don't see how you could manage more than like 20, like even 10 clients is, I don't know. Depends what type of yeah. client, but you know what I mean? But this way, this way you don't have to see, talk to them and get status reports directly from, from the people. You can just oversee everything that is going okay. Yeah, right. Like for what, for instance, one thing is like a message board. So you can have multiple message boards and then you can like put subject lines. So it'd be like book cover and then I create a message board and then it'll be my designer, the client and the customer service person. And I'm like, Hey client, meet your book designer and your customer service rep. You know, in this board, you will discuss like book cover designs and then by the end you'll be able to finalize and you know please don't talk about like marketing or anything in this board just keep it all and then all i got to do is go to the boards and i can see where we're at on each part you know and it seems to me that you basically you 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 added like more faith and trust in your people to do to do their jobs yeah and it actually turned out great can you confirm yeah. that Oh, it is. Yeah. And I, you know, look, I plan on scaling, uh, I don't know, as big as possible. Right. I mean, the goal to me, I don't feel like there's ever really an end. Like retiring is not appealing to me. <laughs> I don't, dude, if I, if I had like, uh, if I had 16 hours of free time a day, I would probably get in trouble. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like that's, so I like to be busy and, um, yeah, the more you can let go and trust with proper systems, you need proper systems. Yes. And you can, things can go bigger than your wildest dreams. Like you really, there's really no end in my opinion. Yeah. And that's the only way to grow. It's the more you trust and you let other people do their jobs, yeah. the more you get to grow, your, grow the company. You cannot do it. You cannot do everything yourself. It will be like crazy. Yeah, no, <laughs> definitely. And one other thing just that I found helpful is like, if you do ever see one of your employees or virtual assistants or freelancers, whatever they are, if you ever see them do something that you don't like, just immediately bring it up to them because you don't want resentment and stuff building up. And I think that's what happens a lot too is like, well, they're not the best leaders, but leaders will let things go. And the way that I work is I'm like, I don't actually let anything go. I don't like, I'm not like, bad you know okay. i don't do that but if there's something i didn't like i would just immediately address it and just be like hey you like i know you know this was a mistake like but just our culture of authors unite our company 
is like we deliver the best customer experience ever. Like I, and so anything below unbelievable customer experience, I, I just nip it in the butt immediately. I'm like, nope, the way you said that wasn't good. Like never, don't say it like that, <laughs> you know? And I think you gotta be like that. And then they kind of know that, that you're still like very in it, you know? Like you're still very involved in making sure that things are running the best they can. Yeah, but as long as they uh, uh, they get the feedback and they stop doing that, it's it's not like it has any repercussions. It's like a growing experience for them. That's yeah, how we yeah, try to absolutely. make it. And I promote risk. You know what I mean? Like I I want okay, you know, especially like I have a few salespeople now, and what they do is they work on business development as well. So they basically try to find other companies that have clients that we could like refer to each other and it's going really well. And like, I'm just, you know, I, I don't like listen to their phone calls. I know some people do that, like record and then I don't do that. But I just think like, if I have, if I get one person that comes to me and says, Hey, a representative from your company said this and it's really bad, you know, then I'll just talk to them. You know what I mean? But I'm not going to tell, yes. like, I don't provide like, the exact like you have to say these exact things like no have a conversation build a relationship like if this is about this is about two things in my opinion you're helping grow the company and you're earning money because of it as a salesperson and secondly for your own benefit you're actually building relationships with all these business owners so yes. like i don't like after let's say they don't want to work with authors unite anymore I'm totally cool with them if they already have the relationships with them. I'm not going to like make them not like ever talk to them again. Forget like, about them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like relationships are everything. That's how I built the whole company. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I just say go build a relationship. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like go have fun. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be so like strict. So I guess you're also building relationship with your people then that you have in the company. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, we talk almost every day <laughs> on the weekends. I try to take one day where I don't like respond or anything. I, it's a good reset. Um, but six days a week, Slack and Basecamp are, are moving. <laughs> it's interesting that do you find it harder to build relationships using like virtual tools and do it virtually or would it be more easier to do it in person or is it's not that much loss? Well, so that's a good question. I would say we're definitely, we're definitely more in a virtual world than we've ever been like a hundred percent. And I think that most, so there, there's two answers to that. One is without a doubt, if you have an office and all of your people are there, there's an energetic thing that I think happens that is better than virtual. But at the same token, like for me, I need an office like this. What you see behind yes. me, this is like a, a really nice office that I rent. And I need that separation from home and office. Yes. Um, you know, so and I have, you know, all my VAs and we're talking sometimes we're zooming like video. So I don't know. Hopefully that answers. Like, I think in person, there's a different energy and accountability. But I do think it's like. I don't know. You don't need it. You know what I mean? Like you could, you could definitely have a hundreds of virtual employees. Like think about what we're using right now, like zoom. I'm sure yes. they have offices, but I'm sure a lot of their employees are virtual. If I had to guess. 
And they're, I think they went public. They're a public company now. I don't know. I probably they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, wish yeah. they gave me some shares. I know. Look, we're using it. Give us some shares. <laughs> exactly. And Tyler, what is your leadership philosophy? Um, mm, that's a good question. My leadership philosophy. I think, I don't, I think, hmm. so our mission statement at Authors Unite is we believe by helping authors succeed, we help the world succeed. And that's because I view authors as like leaders. So if we can help authors succeed, then all of the readers of the author's books will also have the potential of succeeding. So um, having said that, my leadership philosophy is that even though I'm not good at editing, if I had to do it, I would do anything that my uh, people in my company do. And I show them that. Okay. So what I mean is like, I feel like, you know, when you start to grow, you don't want to let it get to your head. You know, you don't, it, it's how Gary Vaynerchuk talks about clouds and dirt. So I guess my philosophy and I, I don't have, it's not like a beautiful sentence, but the philosophy is like, you need to stay in the dirt. Like you need to stay with your people and don't ever make it seem that like what you're doing is more important than what they're doing. And I actually, I had a conversation with um, a, a woman yesterday on my podcast to kind of tie this all together. Okay. And her, uh, her father was the founder of Sheraton Hotels. So like very nice. big company. Yes. And we were, jo we were laughing and we were like, you know, the person who cleans the bathroom is literally just as important as like the founder of the company. And here's why. Yes. Because if the bathrooms are like terrible, then the whole place is going to stink. <laughs> yes. and then, yeah. And that's, it's kind of like a funny uh, epiphany, I guess the word is, because it's true. Like every position in your company is equally as important, even if one is making way more than the other. If you remove one, then the whole thing can fall apart. So I think treating everybody as equal, because they are, and building more of like a culture where we're all going after the same goal, and it's not just like you're clocking in and clocking out. So hopefully that answers it. I haven't like thought about an articulated <laughs> sentence, but I think I got the answer in there. <laughs> You got it, you got it. And I like your idea about treating them, everybody equally. And in that, it's really important for you to know how to do each job. You don't have to do it stellar, but you need to have an idea what it implies doing that work. So one, you can help that person grow and be way better than you could ever be in, in that position. And two, you can actually also evaluate them and give them pointers to help them grow. Because if you have no idea, it's like having a person that never played basketball coach a basketball team. Yeah. It's, it's the same result. <laughs> you yeah. need to know something about the game itself and how it works and what is implied. And then you have better results. Probably. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> for aspiring leaders, Tyler, what would be your top three leadership tips? Top three leadership tips. Wow. I think... I think in my last answer, I said, <laughs> um, okay. So you can borrow three. from it. You can borrow from it. No problem. Yeah. Okay. So, so, well, first what I'd say, 
like get in the dirt, like, you know, like work, work and like show your employees that you're still working. Like you're not just driving around in fancy cars and like, like you're working, like, like, so yes. show lead by example is what that is. So lead by example. Um, two is, yeah, create a culture that is like a unit, like, and that's why you need a mission statement, which is, you know, ours is, we believe by helping authors succeed, we help the world succeed. So that's like, or really that's more like a vision statement, but you need that because then all of the employees know, like, no matter what, every action you take should be moving towards that goal, you know? So you can have rules, regulations, yes. all this, but no matter what, if you ever feel like what you're doing is out of alignment with that vision state, then, then you shouldn't do it. Um, you know, so, so I'd say that's second, you need a unifying, like ethos. I think the word is like a unifying. Yes. Um, um, third, third would be, you know, I think life's short. So I would say what's coming up for me is like me and all my like virtual team. Like we have fun while we do what we do. Like we, we enjoy it. Have fun. So, you know, it's one thing it's, you know, you want to be strict in a sense of like, you know, this customer experience is number one. So no matter what if that, so you got to be strict in those ways, but in other ways, like allow people to have fun. Like if my book designer wants to create a couple funny covers to run by, like go for it. Like that would be fun. Yes. Like, so, um, <laughs> you know, I, have fun with the people. Yeah. That's great. And you said like have a vision statement. Uh, how how do you make like in your company, for example, how do you make sure that everybody embraces the the vision statement and you inspire them to to lean in that direction? Yeah, well, so I've heard of pretty extreme ways of doing it. We don't do it in an, in an extreme way, but all the people that really work good. with you know. But I know like some people would say, you know, every, and I don't think this is bad actually, but like every morning you basically have a full like call with your whole team and, you know, you go over that statement first thing, you know, so it like pretty much gets embedded in their subcontinent, like every day you do. So um, I think as you get bigger, maybe that's more necessary, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure. But um, for now, all I know is like every time somebody starts working for us, I let them know that's what it is. They go through all of our materials. You know, the name is literally Authors Unite, like a very like powerful yes. name. So it's, you know, look, man, if, if you're working for something that's Authors Unite, then um, and you're like not a team player, then that would be ironic. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes, would be. <laughs> uh, and it will be in a sense the fault of the hiring process so it will be get back in it, your lap <laughs> yeah 100 and yo that's the thing i guess the fourth tip for leaders is like no matter what it's all your fault and that's what i yes. believe and because you gotta you, you have to take that responsibility so if one of your employees says something bad it, you know what i mean like t technically it's but that something didn't connect so it's yeah. if you can take the blame for everything, then that actually gives you the power to fix everything. And so I like that. I yeah. like it a lot. Yeah, and it's true. It's true. If you take the blame, you can fix it, and it speeds up everything. Yep, 
100%. Because you're not playing the game of who's guilty here. You're already focusing, okay, I'm guilty. What's the solution? How can we move forward with this? 100%. All solution-based. And look, when you're running a company, that's what it is. You know, like, and Gary Vee is one of my, like, biggest mentors that I've learned a lot from. And, um, you know, he, he says, he's like, I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm a firefighter. That's what he says. <laughs> and what he means is, like, dude, no matter what, when your company's starting to get bigger, like, you're putting out fires every day. You know what I mean? Because there's, there's always problems. And actually, problems are good because that allows you to provide solutions and earn a, an income, you know? So without any problems, we, we would all, I think be broke cause there'd be nothing to solve. And then you'd get paid. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So problems. <laughs> and the next question is one that I love a lot. And especially in these situations, I like it even more. So mm -hmm. what is the book that had the most profound impact on you? Oh, I four hour work week. That that's really okay. the one. And I'll tell you why, because um when I read that book, that's when I decided to drop out of school. So that like that book, I I knew I wasn't going down the right path in school. Like I knew I didn't want okay. to work, but I didn't know how to like be an entrepreneur. So then once I read the four hour work week, it like equipped my mind and made me realize that like I could do it. Like it gave me the confidence and then I dropped out and then figured it out. And like he, you know, he talks about virtual assistants a lot in there. So yes. then even then, like once I came back to the book a few years later, it helped me again to actually envision making the company bigger than just me, you know? So I'd say that that's really the, I've read a lot of books, like a lot of them, <laughs> yes. but that, that book is like the core one that really made me take action and become who I am today, I'd say. Yeah. But I guess you don't have a four-hour work week now. No, well, I think, I think that's, um, I've actually read about the, the title is more, it's a little gimmicky of a title, <laughs> um, yes. but, you know, like I, I don't think Tim Ferriss himself only works four hours because again in my yes, mind in all honesty four hours in a week i could get there i i could but i don't know what i would do you know what i mean like I, <laughs> sure I, yeah yeah like i would i like to travel i like to read but at, at the same time i like to get my hands dirty so like i don't know i just i don't know if a four-hour work week is actually what it's it's one of those things be careful what you wish for <laughs> yes yeah. So you wouldn't, you don't think you would enjoy it if it got there too much? Free time. No, I would. I just think, I, I just think I do enjoy working. So it's like it, it, the choice, you know, in my head, just off this conversation, would be like, okay, do I keep things and main? I could maintain things the way they are, live a very good life, and like work only four hours a week and travel, and like that would be great, or. I can continue on this like growth trajectory and keep like putting in, you know, like eight to 12 hours a day. Right. And then I don't know, I just feel more fulfilled when I, and then you can still travel and everything, you know, still have a fat, but yes. without, without, without like a, without like a driving force behind you, I feel for myself personally, I feel like I would veer off path. Like I would get, I would get lost in that. I think. So, 
I don't know. At least yeah. for now. And after like what you told me, I think like if if you, you can work like eight hours, ten hours a day, how much you choose. But if you love your work and you're passionate about it, and actually in a whole week you have to do stuff that you don't really like for for only four hours, you're actually leaving the four hour work week. If the rest yeah. is just like passion and hobby. There it is. That's a bike <laughs> That's good. You're right. Hundred yeah. percent. Like this is not work to me. Like I, I would do this. You know, I I just like doing this. So. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and Tyler, if people want to find out more about you, where should they go? Uh, websites, authorsunite.com. And we have a little message pop up. So if you have any questions, just fill that out. And then, you know, I'm happy to help any way I can. That's great. And I'm going to put uh, a link in the show notes towards the website. Awesome. And great having you on the show, Tyler. Thank you so much. Yeah. I had a great time. Thanks for having me. Okay, bye-bye. That was today's episode. Tune in daily. Rate, like, subscribe and share, please. Oh, you can find further info and materials in the show notes on techyleadership.com, including links to the guest book recommendations.